twice in a week, you lucky people. We said we'd be back. Let's get into week 10 and let's do that crazy thing of predicting the playoffs. This is the Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast. Hello, everyone. Cecil Martin here. Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation. Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, this is Jerry Judah, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, and you're listening to the 14-yard NFL Podcast. Yes, back for the second time this week. Let's get the boys straight in. Steve, how are you doing, fella? I'm pleased to say, uh, unlike Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, I am not questionable for this week's pod, and I am indeed here. Top man, mate. We can always rely on you, Steve. We can always rely on you. And Josh, how are you doing, buddy? I'm fine. I am immunised. I am ready to go. Uh... <laughs> we couldn't get a whole week without talking about it. Take, take from that what you will. I'll. Uh, I'm not wearing a mask. I'm immunised. I am. I am here with you both, ready to go to talk about some week ten football action. Good stuff, my friend. Let's get straight into that game. Then we've joked about it in terms of being immunised. Let's talk Green Bay and Seattle. Uh, interesting game by the fact that it seems as though both superstar quarterbacks may well be back for it. Yes, potentially questionable, uh, and you know potentially certainly in the case of Aaron Rodgers, I don't know what he needs to do from a testing perspective and all of that kind of thing. And look, let's be honest, the league aren't going to put too much of a penalty on Aaron Rodgers because he's one of the biggest stars in the game. But you know whether they should or shouldn't is possibly a different debate. But let's talk about the game itself, Steve. Um, obviously, Green Bay off the back of a defeat last week in Rodgers. Absent, still sitting there with nice and pretty seven and two, comfortable lead in the NFC North. Um, obviously, from a Seattle perspective, season potentially already in danger of fizzling away at three and five. But if they are going to make a playoff run, you know it's going to be with Russ. And can they, you know, get him cooking, so to speak? Uh, how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, I think this is. It's first of all, it's crucial that both quarterbacks play out. I mean, I think Russ is definitely going to play. He posted that comeback video, didn't he, with shots of Lambeau. So it definitely seems like Russ is going to be playing. I think he's being cleared by his doctor as well. Um, Rogers was on the Pat McAfee show just like a couple of hours ago and was talking about how he's feeling good and, and is hoping to be cleared Saturday to play. But there is still a slim chance that he misses it. So who knows? But hopefully they are both back because this is what we want. We want the best best teams in the league to be playing each other. We want the best players to be playing each other. And I think had Rogers have played last week, the Packers would have won that game against Kansas City easily. I think, you know, Rogers elevates this team so much that he would have easily led them to that victory. And I think, you know, this this Green Bay Packers defense showed last week that it is legit. You know, this this Packers defense is 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 a good unit, and it can win games. It has the ability to win games, and you know they don't always have to rely on Aaron Rodgers being you know his exemplary self every single week on the field. We won't talk about the field um, to 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 win games. And you know, I think this is where this this game will be won and lost is whether or not this Green Bay Packers defense can contain Russ. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Um, I think Rodgers won't have too much trouble. You know, all due respect to the Seattle defense, I don't think Rodgers will have too much trouble putting points up on the board. I just think it's dependent on how much can can they contain uh, Russ and, and their their offensive weapons. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Now, look, we're recording this on Tuesday. Um, we've just had the news that Odell Beckham has cleared waivers, so he's now a free agent. And rumours are, Josh, that his preferred destination is the Green Bay Packers. Um, I'm sure that will probably be one of my favourite destinations. We'll see if he gets his way, obviously. Uh, let's play devil's advocate. How does he improve that team? And does, you know, I mean, look, we've, we've talked a lot about, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't necessarily get the offensive weapons to help him or certainly as much as he would like to potentially get help, um, you know, certainly in terms of draft capital that's spent and all of that kind of good stuff. How big of a, a, an impact do you think an Odell Beckham could potentially make to this Green Bay team? Well, it depends what kind of version of Odell Beckham they get. Um, I... I was one of these Browns fans that just wanted it to work. I didn't want to listen to, you know, the Baker versus OBJ camps, uh, as it were. I just really wanted a situation where they were able to make it work. Maybe it's just the fact that the scheme isn't compatible for them. And that's why it eventually had to move out. Um, There'd certainly be a place for Beckham on that Packers team. You know, I joked at the, I joked earlier on with uh, a friend of ours on the um, on the WhatsApp group for full 10 yards that uh, does OBJ beat out Van Valdez Scantling for second wide receiver on the team? You know, I mean, I think that we all know what the uh, what the obvious answer would be. But judging by current performances that OBJ's pulled out this season, it's actually more of a serious question of whether or not he does, because if he ends up pulling out the same kind of performances that he did for Cleveland, you know, yeah, you can expand the field, but you're going to make the catches. And, you know, for love or money, OBJ has not been doing that for, you know, one of a multitude of reasons. You can put down the quarterback, you can put down the scheme, but the ball's been in his hands and then it's not been in his hands. So, yeah, potentially can do a lot, but he's got to produce the goods. I mean, if you take, obviously, Devontae Adams aside, he's one of the best receivers in the league. Does OBJ really improve that wide receiver room? Because I think, like, Rodgers is good enough that he elevates all the receivers around him. We talk about that all the time. And, you know, Alan Lazard, Valis Scantling have proven themselves to be fairly re- reliable receivers. You know, they're not, they're not pulling, up, pulling up any trees, but they're, you know, they're certainly reliable receivers. And obviously, Rodgers likes to go to his tight ends as well. He's, you know, he's got Randall Cobb back in the building as well. I'm just not really sure where OBJ fits in there and, and, and what he actually does to sort of elevate them as such like you know and he's been so you, i mean you guys are cleveland fans you don't need me to tell you this he's been so like disappointing in cleveland he has i mean maybe this is a bit sort of um a bit crazy of me to say but i might be willing to state my reputation if i've got a reputation on the line and say that like obj has built himself a career off off two or three incredible catches like let's not put it aside that they were incredible catches but he's built himself a career off those and is he has he ever really been elite like you know maybe his early career in new york was so long ago that that i'm forgetting it and you know early on he did look really really good in new york but for the last six years or so you know i I, i'm sorry you're thinking i'm not really sure if he improves that team yeah, I think that early OBJ was someone that he may not have been elite, but he was projected elite. Yeah. Like he was he, he was cashing in the checks yeah. in terms of what his college career did. He then became a star. The catch turned him into a worldwide brand overnight. You know, I I was 
you know, I, I wasn't a massive NFL fan by that point. That that catch may have, you know, changed how I saw NFL football, you know, because all of a sudden, I think that catch brought NFL football much closer to UK audiences almost as well. It, it, cha- it changed the sport, quite frankly, in terms of its... Uh, in terms of its branding over here. And obviously that's going to do the same to him. As to whether or not has, has he looked has he looked as good since the boat photo in, in on that Giants postseason um you know the postseason where they ended up crashing out straight away. Has has he put in a massive performance since? Because I'd argue no. Yeah, look, I mean, look, we could talk Odell Beckham all night. Look, he might not even yeah, be on I, this I'm team. very, he, very he, remiss he, to be talking yeah, OBJ all yeah, night here. He, he might not be even part of this game. So, you know, we can we can probably move the conversation on. I think, look, he, he had an explosive start to his career, 2,625 receiving yards in his first 25 games, most in history. But, you know, since his rookie year, he went from 108 yards a game and then it's gone 96, 85, 75, 87, 64, 45, and 38 yards per game in his career since then in subsequent years. So, look, he's obviously been in decline. Can he get back to his old ways? We'll wait and see. But either way, if the two quarterbacks line up, could be a really good battle. Like you say, Green Bay's defence in particular. Um, interested to see how that matches up against Seattle's wide receiver options. Um, and obviously, being in Lambert, you're going to favour Green Bay. Um, yeah, we'll wait and see how it plays out. However, big game. And I think I'm right in saying, fellas, it's Sunday night football this week. Kansas City at the Las Vegas Raiders. I believe that's uh, the Al Michaels and Chris Collingsworth game. Um, and look, you know, this is a division that is absolutely anybody's you know everybody has got a winning record in the division i think you know everyone's five and four or better um you know so it's going to take some sorting out these divisional games will take on even more importance obviously the raiders have had a pretty decent record against the chiefs in recent times and dare i say it and i haven't got the line in front of me you'd argue they're probably favorites doing this one steve yeah i mean the chiefs the chiefs will be be thanking themselves that the Raiders were you know, putting a pretty poor performance against a New York Giants team that was um, two and six before the game uh, last week. And yet, uh, and so I come in at this game off the back of a pretty poor defeat. You know, the Chiefs are coming in and coming at this game on, on the back of two victories, finally putting together back-to-back victories and might have, you know, they could use this as a, as a, as a time to start putting a bit of distance between themselves and the rest of the division. But this this is definitely not wrapped up. You know, if had this game have happened last year or, or the year before, when we would be looking at this, you'd be saying the Chiefs would win this all day long. But so long as Derek Carr's under centre, um, you know, they've uh, the, the, you can never write off this Raiders team. And, and I'll tell you what, what I will say for this Raiders team is they've off the field, they've overcome a lot of um a lot of stuff this year. There's a lot of stuff that's happened in Las Vegas this year. Um, that's that they've managed to overcome all of this adversity, and they've they've cut Henry Ruggs this week, so he's no longer on the team, and yet they still are five and three, and are still putting together sort of decent performances apart from heavy last week. Um, so no, I certainly wouldn't write off the Raiders. I think it it just depends which Chiefs team turns up. You know, we talked about the Chiefs last week. I still don't know where they go. If they lose this game to the Raiders, I think you start. 
if you're the Chiefs, you you start thinking about you know what what's our outlook for next season? Do we start looking ahead? Do we start looking at the potential free agents? Do we start looking at what what players we're going to start turning over? Because this Chiefs team is an absolute shadow of itself right now, and if they don't start you know putting together a run and and start winning some games, um, they're at risk of not even making the playoffs, let alone you know um, not winning the uh, uh, the the division they're in. What a great time for this game to take place. Yep. Like, I think that this is exactly the kind of game that both of these teams need right now to uh, as a measuring stick for what the rest of their season is going to be like. Because as you say, both teams are above average. Both teams are capable of being in the playoffs. And realistically, it's probably going to be between them for a playoff spot. Chargers included... But if you imagine that two teams come out of the AFC West with a playoff spot, I could easily see that this being the one where the line is drawn. You know, Kansas and Las Vegas. And I can't call it. The line, Sean's two and a half in favor of Kansas City away from home. Mm, So they probably see it. Yeah, so they probably see it as above a field goal and a neutral setting. Um, which is probably about right, but it's probably also recency bias from last week. They're probably seeing Kansas City have beaten Green Bay, Vegas lost to the Giants. Vegas are probably pissed off at the moment. They're pissed off. They're trying to they're, they're trying to work out how they go about things with their main wide receiver gone and more turmoil and the fact that their coaching staff hasn't really fully implemented itself back in since all of that went down like you say steve they've come through so much adversity and yet they're still here and you know divisional rivalry at home raucous crowd bring it that that you know what a tonic that really would be a tonic i couldn't call it i honestly can't call this game it's going to be too close i think yeah, it's certainly going to be an interesting one. Like I say, it is definitely Sunday night football. Just had a double check of my schedule, and yet it is uh, Sunday night football. So a late one for anyone staying up, but certainly a tasty game on the slate. Uh, Got to be honest, the rest of them, there isn't many that jump off the page. I mean, one that sort of springs out to me, fellas, New Orleans at Tennessee. Um, we've talked about how good Tennessee have been recently, um, and we sort of mentioned on the pod earlier in the week this could be the most difficult game that is left on the schedule. This New Orleans defense will give them plenty to think about. Any chance, Steve, that you reckon New Orleans might pull off what would probably be now deemed as an upset? I think had they not lost Jamise, then I never thought I'd be saying this, but had they not lost Jamise, then maybe. Um, but I just don't think that offense has got enough to overcome Tennessee. I think if they if Tennessee are playing the way they've been playing recently, um, I don't see any way that they don't end up eight and two this week. But you know the Saints, this you know week one is week one. I know it's week one, but the Saints held Green Bay to three points. So you just never know. The Saints defense is enough to win them games sometimes. Um, but I would say I, I think Tennessee moves to to eight and two. I think one game that I would just quickly uh, sort of point out is 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 um, Atlanta Dallas. You might not think that's going to be too much in that, but Dallas off the back of a tough loss to Denver, Atlanta off the back of a victory against the Saints and that defense. Stranger things have happened, you know. I'm not. I think. I think Dallas will probably win that game. But you know, if if Dallas if Dallas lose that game, let's just let's just play the game a second. If Dallas lose that game, move to six and three. You know, their schedule's not easy moving forward from here. 
things could start moving in the NFC East. Maybe that's just the hopeful Eagles fan speak. <laughs> I have not seen more hope in a single paragraph of this podcast than that. And we have two Browns fans on the chat. That's, that's quite a lot of uh, wishful thinking there. Um, just to bring it back to the uh, Tennessee game for a second, chaps. Um, I'm I'm very much in Steve's camp here of it's going to take a lot to stop Tennessee from rolling on. Yeah, I think that if this was at the Superdome, I think that the Saints would have more of a chance. Simeon wasn't terrible. Kamara was good. Tennessee's defense is going to be able to have an answer for that, I think. Um, it's just whether or not the Saints are going to have an answer for Tannehill. That's going to be uh, that's going to be the main thing because they're not going to do anything on the ground. So the Saints can the Saints can put it off in any given week, but you'd certainly uh, you'd certainly favour the Titans. And as for Atlanta Dallas, uh, the the I refuse to believe that the Atlanta train is moving. I, I it's it's one of those of which it's creeping up so slowly, and if it ends up taking me out, it does. But You've got you've got to favour Dallas just bringing the hammer down after a bad week last week. It could just be a revenge game, couldn't it? It could end it up really like could. 51-7 or something like that. Like that's probably more likely what's gonna yeah. happen. A- Atlanta saw the game last week and just went, Oh for God's sake, why? <laughs> it, it it's like in regular football when you're coming up against someone really, really good, but they lost the week before, like Man City losing to Crystal Palace, you're like, why? Why we've got them next? It's all you need, and then they come out and they stomp you like five nil. Yeah, look, let's play the devil's advocate though. If we go with Tennessee winning it, if Atlanta can pull that off, then all of a sudden they're five and four in that division. And you know, look, we'll get to who we're going to pick for playoffs down the line. But um, yeah, Atlanta certainly won't be out of it if that is the situation that shakes itself up. Um, a team that I think are definitely going to be in the playoffs back after the bye week, Tampa Bay. I mean, did anybody ever win as much on a bye week as what Tampa did last week with the way the results went? Um, they have got Washington, who were also fresh off of a bye. Washington, let's face it, they certainly need a much, much different second half of the season to what they've had first half. But this isn't exactly the game to start off with. Do we think, Steve, very quickly, they keep less than 30 on the scoreboard this week? I just, I just don't know where this defense has gone. Like we, we've spoken about it before. How we all, a lot of people, you know, projected this defense to be one of the best in the league, and it's just not. They're just Washington team is just a shambles from where everyone thought it was going to be. And I don't even think it's down to their quarterback going down because I don't even rate right. Um, Fitzpatrick. Um, I think it's this. This team is just, uh, is 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 just not as good as everyone thought it was. Um. And no, I think this is going to be a comfortable win for Tampa Bay. Um, you know, watch that come back to bite me. This is the NFC East. Anything can happen. Um, but Washington moving to two and seven if they lose this game, that is not good. Um, and I never, I don't think I would have picked Washington to finish bottom of the NFC East as well. Um, it doesn't take much to finish bottom of the NFC East, I will say. But um, you know, I, I didn't think it would be uh, it would be Washington finishing there. But no, I think this will be a comfortable win for Tampa Bay, um, and and they they do not go away, do they? They certainly don't. Uh, Josh, let's throw one at you. Detroit at Pittsburgh. Any chance Detroit get off the O this week? Oh, I'd love it. I'd absolutely <laughs> love it. Um, Detroit have just come off a bye, haven't they? So uh, there'll be some uh, there'll be some fresh legs. Uh, I go back to what we said uh, the week, uh, well, last week now it would have been, Steve, when you said that 
the Detroit that played the Rams was not there when they played the Eagles. You just you just show that tape. You show that tape for the entire of the week. They go hard at work on that bye week. Pittsburgh aren't any great shakes. You know, I look I watched the um I watched the Bears game this morning on my on my bus ride in and the entire time I'm there thinking, how have Pittsburgh won this game? And then I look back to the Cleveland game and I think, how have Pittsburgh won this game? You know, the the Lions, if they pull out if they pull out the same kind of trickery as they did against the Rams, it's potentially there. But they are going to have to come out with a complete performance like they did against the Rams. Can they do that? It's probably a one in 10 chance. Assuming that they lose this game against the Steelers, they move to 0-9. The Lions' remaining schedule, just quickly, I want to throw this to you guys. Their remaining schedule after the Steelers this week is at the Browns, home to the Bears, home to the Vikings, at the Broncos, home to the Cardinals, at the Falcons, at the Seahawks, and they finish the season at home to the Packers. Do they win a game? Home to the Packers, week 18. <laughs> <laughs> Because they'll rest everyone having got the first round by. I always refuse to believe that everybody won't win at least one game. Um, As a be Browns a fan. Yeah, look, it's only happened twice, hasn't it? And look, no one's ever going to win 17, so we'll wait and see. But um, look, it's obviously not looking good. But it's strange, isn't it? Like you say, they seem to have these performances one week that gives you plenty of reason for optimism, and then they disappear the next week. So maybe they are due one of those weeks that actually, um, you know, they run somebody close. And like you say, maybe uh, maybe at Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh have had a, a tendency in the Tomlin era to play up and down to their opposition, haven't they, at times? So, you know, it could well be... Uh, a tricky one. Um, have, have, have NFL teams only gone 0 16 twice? Has that only ever happened twice, did you say? Yeah. yeah really? Detroit and Detroit. The, yeah, and the Lions and the Browns. Wow, I thought it happened a lot more than that. Well, there you go. I learned something new today. Wow, I thought it happened a lot more than that. No, it it's something that we Browns fans are well versed in. We Browns <laughs> fans are well versed in this because uh, we had to make sure we weren't the only ones. Yes, <laughs> one win season's happened an awful lot, but I didn't realise that zero win seasons was that rare. Oh, there you go. Yeah, very rare indeed. And yeah, well, there's only the lines that potentially could do it this year. Uh, we'll wait and see if they uh, get a win this week or in any future week. Uh, let's move around, fellas. Minnesota at Los Angeles. One of the tastier looking matchups, I suppose, really, in terms of how these teams match up with each other. Um, Minnesota, as we said earlier in the week, don't seemingly be able to play a full game. Los Angeles, um, you know, look, they've, they've obviously still put some wins together in recent weeks, but not necessarily... Um, as impressive as they were earlier on in the season. I think that's probably fair to say. Um, so this is an important game um, for both teams, really. You know, Minnesota, if they're going to get into that playoff mix, you know, they need to start winning at three and five. I said the same thing about Seattle earlier. Um, how do you see this one going, Steve? Yeah, I think I, I refuse to accept this Vikings team is anything other than just a bad team. Um, I think they've, you know, they've had, flashes this season where they've come close to winning games but maybe maybe that's uh, I'm just not a, a Kirk Cousins guy maybe it's you know I'm just I think they're on a downward trend and I think this could be Zimmer's last season in Minnesota mm -hmm. but I just think that this Vikings team is just it's just unfortunately just not a great team this year um, I think the Chargers win this game um, I think Justin Herbert showed last week although the Philadelphia defense gave him everything he could get um Herbert showed last week again how good he can be in the pocket when he, you know, when he picks out his man and, and completes passes. Um, 
you know, and they, and and they established the run game as well. So I think this this Chargers team has certainly got enough to beat the Vikings, and they should be beating the Vikings if they want to be if they've got aspirations of sort of competing at the back end of the season. And it adds another you know feather into the bow of mystery that is the uh, the AFC West because if the if the Chargers win this game, they move to six and three. You know, the, there's two teams playing each other this week, and the Broncos have got the the Eagles. So there's, you know, three teams in the AFC West could come away with victories this week um, and, and add even more confusion to this, to this division. So yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I still can't predict a winner of that division, but I think a, a handy Chargers win is, uh, is a foot. Something I will say chaps, the Chargers are only favored by two and a half at home in this game. You know, I think that there's, I think that there's something to be said for that. If not between us three, just in the, wider general thoughts of the Chargers and of the Vikings in that the Vikings don't seem to be as bad as their fourth quarters seem to suggest and the Chargers don't seem to be as good as their offense seems to suggest so you know I think that you know it just depends on whether or not the the real Chargers show up and whether the Vikings can actually put you know have a full 60 minutes yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and I'm not overly surprised by that line. I think, like you say, Minnesota have played plenty of close games this year, haven't they? But uh, as is so often the case in the NFL campaign, if you can win your tight games, you're going to end up with a positive record. Minnesota need to find a way to, to sort of close out some of these tight ones. Um, Cleveland, New England, both teams at five and four. Um, obviously, bounce back game for the Browns last week. New England seemingly starting to get things put together. Mac Jones um, continuing to develop all the time, but more importantly, the New England and defence playing well. Uh, Josh, you know, said it almost felt like, you know, the sort of start of the season, if you like, for the Browns last week. That's what the performance felt like, I suppose. If it's, if it is very much the case, the Browns would fancy themselves on the road here, but there's no getting away from the fact that this is a tough game. It's a tough game, and the Browns are potentially without a lot of their running back room with uh, Chubb and Felton both on the COVID list. Only Dearness Johnson survives. Then again, Dearness Johnson has shown us that if it's just him, he's just fine uh, with that Denver game. Um, this, this is one that the Browns will fancy themselves to win. It's just as to whether or not they'll be able to overcome the defensive scheme that will be put in front of them. Because I, I know I talk about him a lot whenever the Patriots come up, but Bilicek scheming to be able to take away your biggest threats is a it's it's a constant threat and if you're taking away your key running back and the wide receiver room does not seem to be as as big as it was with Odell Beckham Jr. going even though he was a relative non-factor he was still someone that the defense had to factor in Bill Belichick could just say just mark the tight ends out the game and see what happens and that that could well be the kryptonite um, so I do have that on my on on my guard. Something I'll say about New England in terms of their game last week. We didn't touch on it much in the Tuesday pod, but I thought that they were relatively average until the second half against the Panthers. I felt like they gave the Panthers a lot more than they should have. If Cleveland can do what they've done a lot in the first half of games and drum up quite a score, then they could be out of sight in the same way as they were last week. Um, that might be wishful thinking on my part. I've been known to be a little bit of a homer, but um, you know, there's there's something to be said for 
for the fact that this New England team is probably a year or two away from get from being ready to truly challenge. I think if you look at New England as well, if you look at their schedule, then the, the teams that they've lost to, they've lost to the Cowboys, the Bucks, the Saints, and obviously week one Dolphins. We, we, we've talked about week ones being a sort of a buy. You sort of let them go. Um, they've lost to what I would consider to be good teams. You know, they've they when they come up against the good teams, I don't think they've quite got enough just yet to get the victories out. So no, they, they've come up, they come up against the Browns this week, they, the Titans, they've got soon the Bills, the Colts, the Bills again. You'd expect them to lose most of those games. But what I will say is the Patriots are definitely surprising me this year. Usually when you spend as much as they did in free agency, it, it doesn't always work. And, you know, it takes a lot of time. Look at the Giants. Like, you know, it, it doesn't always all come off because these guys come on of these huge contracts and they just don't perform as well as they did in their old um, franchises. So I think the Patriots, I think you are right, Josh. They are a couple of years away yet of, of sort of really competing back again at the, the, the top end. But they're sort of a sort of will they, won't they team at the moment. Every week I sort of think, well, if they win this week, they could go on a run but then if they lose they're back to 500 yeah they're a bogey team for everyone yeah you just never quite know with the patriots so i'll be interested to see if either of you pick them in your predictions for the uh for the playoffs in a bit (laughs) well put it this way in terms of predictions for this game the patriots are favored by a point and a half so that will tell you as to just how um just how confused the desert seems to be about it at the very least yeah, interesting game. Like I said, it'll be uh, very much dependent on uh, whether Cleveland do build on momentum from last week or not. So, Steve, we've already sort of touched on this. We say we know it's the game that's on the slow Philadelphia at Denver. You kind of alluded to you thought that it could be three AFC West teams getting victories. So, I'm assuming that you're going to chalk one up for Denver here. But, uh, you know, obviously a game that Philadelphia potentially on the road will be targeting. Yeah, I think, it, you know, the... Um... The offensive performance against the Chargers last week was enough to to give me you know confidence that this Philadelphia team is not done yet. Um, however, the the defense is just not stopping anyone at the moment, and I think with that performance last week against Dallas, this this um, Denver offense will be coming into this game sort of full of hope and ready to beat up on on um, another team. So with Darius Slay still questionable as well, he left the game late on uh, with a with a hamstring injury, which can sometimes linger for a little while. Um, if he doesn't play, I'm not sure, because Darius Slay is the star cornerback in, in Philadelphia. So if he doesn't play, I'm really not sure what we do. Um, but, you know, I think, it, I think it definitely could go either way. I think the Eagles could certainly go to mile high and win. Uh, I don't think that's a, you know... Because you never know which Denver team are going to show up. It could be the Denver of previous weeks that's been absolutely dreadful and the Eagles could run all over them. But I don't see that happening. I think it could be a close one, but I, I would probably think that Denver would probably win this. Um, just because from what I've seen from their offense over the last couple of weeks, I think they've just got enough to beat on a on an Eagles defense that I just don't rate at the moment. So I would think a, a, a Denver win, but perhaps I'm just a bit down on this Eagles team right now. And maybe this offense might, might um, uh, you know, might, might shock me. Um, what I would say is that if the Eagles are going to win it, they need to keep relying on the rush like they have been. Um, but this Denver offense, this Denver defense, only is only allowing 98.3 rush yards a game. So this rush defense for Denver is actually pretty good. So the Eagles might find need to find another way to win. Yeah, let's whiz through the rest, fellas, because certainly on paper, the ones that we've left to the end are the one-sided ones. Josh, I'll come to you and sort of see what you think might be the upset. Steve, get your thinking cap on, because I'll ask you the same question. The five games that are left, the Rams at the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I didn't realise just how bad San Francisco's home record is. It's absolutely atrocious. It's, it's abysmal. It's absolutely, absolutely abysmal. abysmal. 
Is it the one one of the last eight at home or something stupid like that? I um, think it's even like, worse it's like, than that. It's one in twelve, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, I've lost 12. eleven of the last twelve at home. Well, there you go. So Rams at San Francisco. Rams obviously big favourites there. Carolina at Arizona. Arizona big favourites there. Opening up the week, Baltimore travel to Miami on Thursday night football. And obviously Baltimore opening up as favourites there. Jacksonville, despite the win on uh, the weekend against Buffalo, travel to Indianapolis and Indianapolis favourites there. And Buffalo, despite that loss, obviously on the road at the Jets, favourites there. So like I so said, there's clear favourites in those five, Josh. But uh, out of all of those, which one would you say is going to see the most likely upset? Just because of the way of which I've been talking about them every single week for the last five or six weeks, I'm going to go Baltimore at Miami. Why not? Jacoby Brissett season. Um, sim- simply because Baltimore play for one quarter. Uh, it's the fourth quarter, but they only play for one quarter. So if Miami can actually do something in between that time and then just defend their hearts out, who knows? But uh, like you say, none of those seem to have an upset in there. So just go for the one that would just most please me. See, I think the Jets have got a pretty decent chance in Buffalo, just purely because the Jets have come off the back of two pretty decent performances from Mike White. They put up 30 points against Indianapolis as well. Um, And Buffalo are off the back of a really, really disappointing performance where they put up six points and then score a single touchdown. So in terms of form, I would say the Jets, I I don't think they'll beat Buffalo, but I think the Jets have got a chance if, you know, if if you look at recent results, um, you know, I'll be eating my hat next week when the buff when buffalo beat them 47 zip but you know i think if if you look at form i think that would be my game where i think there's a chance and let me just be clear there's a chance i'm not saying it's going to happen there's a chance that the jets might pull off that upset yeah, like I say, they're unlikely, but you never know. Like I say, last week was a, a very difficult week to pick game winners and obviously some huge upsets. That's why we love the NFL, let's face it. They all could go one way or another on any given Sunday. And with that being said, fellas, let's do the stupid thing of turning our attention towards how we think the back end of the season will play out. We'll save the positivity for the time being. Steve, I'm going to come to you. You've been talking about your hot seat um, sort of tracker, if you like, in terms of coaches on the hot seat. So these are going to probably be teams that obviously won't end to our discussion coming up shortly so give me a couple of names that you think are of head coaches on a very warm seat right now i think uh there's a couple of obvious choices um i think matt Nagy, obviously because i think there's an expectation that he's going to be gone um i think mike zimmer in minnesota i think there's a again it seems to be like the they're just that he's done all he can in minnesota i think a fresh start could be um, could be uh, necessary for him. Um, I, I think there's a few teams at the bottom that you're not really expecting them to fire any head coaches because they've already done it very recently. You know, the Lions, the Texans, um, the Jets, that I don't think they're going to fire anyone. Um, uh, one thing I will say is I think the Jags, we had um, uh, Urban Meyer in the hot seat very, very early on for everything that was happening, but they seem to have turned it around a little bit, and they, you know, they look like a team that are starting to play more as a team. So I think Urban Meyer's seat is actually cooling. But there is one name I will definitely throw at you that this might shock some people. But is it time to start talking about Kyle Shanahan's seat getting hot? Yeah, because absolutely. I'm sorry, I think it has to be like he. They're, we just said they've lost 11 of 12 at home. They they put all of their resources into solving a problem 
that is not solving the rest of the problems that they have as a team. They cannot win games. They're really, really struggling on defense to be able to contain teams. I know that they're losing players and injuries left, right and center. There has to be a reason for that. I don't know where that comes from. Sometimes teams are unlucky with injuries, but it is happening again in in San Francisco. They just lost um, another, uh, is it McGinley? Is he out for the season? I think. Um, So they've lost more players to injury. Um, how how much of a leash can you give him? I I get that he's a you know he's an offensive wizard and he took them to the Super Bowl very recently and I, you know I I don't realistically think they're going to fire him, but I think it's it you you think it's, it's time to, time to start talking about it because how many more you know if you're a fan of San Francisco and you're going to their home games you've seen one victory in the last twelve games you've been to that is not good that's not good <laughs> at all. Oh my God! There was there were more wins for the Browns during their terrible, uh, terrible patch. <laughs> yeah, that tells you all you need to know there. No, I think you're absolutely right, Stephen. I think that he's gotten by on a lot of borrowed credit, mm-hmm. uh, especially on that Super Bowl season, especially on him being the offensive whiz kid for a number of years. But how long does that credit run for? You know. Um, it's not like you've been able to associate a Shanahan team with anything positive for the last couple of years. And there are no excuses this year, really. I don't see as to how there are any excuses for him to borrow any more credit from. So, three... like you say, there's there's very little for him to go on. They're three and five at the moment. They host the Rams, as you said. Like, with their home record, you assume that's going to be a loss. It would take them to three and six. The only thing I can think of is that they want him to spearhead the revolution with um, with Trey Lance under centre. You know, that seemed, that could surely be the only way that they want him to be the, the guy to take them into the, the next generation. But you think well, San Francisco have got the panic because they've spent, they've spent enough money on getting, uh, enough capital, sorry, on getting Trey Lance. If yeah. that's the case, if that's the case, and look, I don't disagree with that. If that's the op- if that's the route they want to go down, but let's let's make it happen. Then you know you're three and five now. You're you're well out of the divisional reckoning with the way that the Cardinals and the Rams are performing. Let let's see it now. You know, let's stop trotting Jimmy G out there as soon as he's fit and he's healthy. Let's get Lance out there and see what happens. Um, let's move it over then, fellas, to the positive side of it, and let's start looking at what we think will be the end result in terms of the teams for the playoffs. Josh, you obviously put the power rankings out each week. Won't go through them in huge detail other than to say your biggest movers this week are the Titans up five to number two, the Cardinals back into top spot. I think that's very difficult for anybody to argue with with the current state of play. Um, so I'm assuming that those two will probably feature heavily for all of us when we talk about our playoff contenders. You can obviously check out Josh's power rankings every week over on our Twitter and socials and the website, of course. But, fellas, let's go through it then. Who have we got in the playoffs? And I've got to say, this was a hard thing to do. <laughs> that, that's be. exactly why I put it on the schedule, lads. I wanted it to be difficult because... It, should, it shouldn't be this hard, but it really is. I mean, after nine weeks, we know nothing hardly, do we? Let's be honest. Um, we really don't. I don't think that any of these are going to be right at all. I've even put ranks on them. Well, I'll tell you what, let's 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 try and have some structure to it. So let's go firstly, let's go NFC and let's go divisional winners. So... Um, I'll start with mine. I've got Cowboys from the NFC East. Everybody got the Cowboys in? Yep. <laughs> yes, naturally. <laughs> the Bucks? Yep. Yeah. The Packers? Yep. Yeah. And we've talked about this, haven't we, about the NFC potentially being quite top-heavy. I think those three are quite easy. Obviously, the next one is the debatable one. Which way are you going to go? I've gone Rams to win the division. Cardinals. 
I'd go Cardinals as well. Cardinals have already beaten them once. Yeah, they've got a lot of equity at the moment. Yeah. Well, I've got I've got Rams winning, but I've got the Cardinals in the playoffs. I've got eight, both of those in the playoffs, whichever yeah, way. Ram, so yeah, Rams. We're all agreeing on those. We're all, yeah, we're Rams, all agreeing Rams on those five. Top five. Yeah. We're yeah, all agreeing yeah. on those five. Right then, fellas, this this is where it gets interesting. Who on earth are seed six and seed seven? Um, I mean, just to give you some context on this, at the moment, in the NFC East, other than Dallas, no team has more than three wins. In the NFC North, other than Green Bay, no team has more than three wins. And in the (laughs) NFC West, and we've already picked the two teams to go through from there, other than those two, the other two have three wins. The South, we have a five and three, a four and four, and a four and five. So it's, it's almost like pin the tail on the donkey, this isn't it really, let's be honest. I've gone, fellas, for the New Orleans Saints, and I've gone for the Minnesota Vikings. They are my seven. So, oh. Steve, who have you gone for? God, the Vikings sneaking in. God. Um, I I think I agree with the Saints. I think they're good enough to get in. Um, Simeon, whilst he doesn't fill me with confidence, I think they, they have a good enough team to get in. And like you said, you know, to be the sixth seed in the NFC at the moment is probably not going to take a huge amount. So there's certainly no challenges coming from the East or North. So, um, you know, I think they'll, they'll be okay there. The seventh seed is a bit of a coin toss, isn't it? It could go to a number of different teams. Um, you know, the, 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 the Falcons could be there. You know, if, if, if the Niners could, could you know can put something together they could be there um but i think i think it's it'll be the seahawks i think russell wilson and that receiving core are too good to go like you know four and 13 or something stupid like that i think they will put it together i don't think it'll be pretty you know it'll be like nine and eight or something like that but i think it will be the seahawks for me yeah josh yeah, something of which helps with this, lads, is by doing the power rankings every week because you uh, start to pick a sort of a, a way in which you see this sort of thing happen. Um, to give you some context, the three teams of which we've mentioned as the other wild card spots, uh, the Saints are at 16th, the Vikings at 18th, Seahawks at 19th in terms of the power rankings this week. I have bypassed the Vikings and gone with the Seahawks simply because of the fact that Russell Wilson's back. So we should start to see them on an upward trajectory. I've got the Seahawks in at sixth spot, the Saints as the seventh spot, and then the Vikings will be the ones that get iced out at the at the death in eight. So Cardinals, Bucks, Packers, Cowboys, Rams, Seahawks, Saints. We've got a surprising... I wouldn't say too surprising in terms of the symmetry on the NFC side. I was confident the NFC side would be there or thereabouts. Now, this side, this AFC side, I'm intrigued to see what we've got here, fellas. So let's 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 do it in the same who, way. Who have you got as your number one seed, sorry? The NFC? Who, Cardinals. Who Cardinals. Yeah, Cardinals, who's Bucks, your, Packers, Dallas. Who's your number one seed, Sean? I think I'd have Cardinals as well, myself. My number one seed is the Bucks. No, I'm not to tamper again. My number one seed is the Bucks. So okay, let's okay. get let's go AFC side. And again, just in terms of statistics and where we are, Buffalo lead the East at five and three. Baltimore the North at six and two. Tennessee the South at seven and two. And the Chargers, <laughs> the Chargers at the moment lead the West at five and three. Everyone in the West has five wins. Everyone in the North has at least five wins. Um, so, yeah, this is going to be interesting, fellas. So, my divisional winners, I've gone with the Bills. 
although I'm saying that without a huge amount of confidence. I'm going with the Bills. I'm going with yep. the Titans. Yep. I'm going with the Chargers. Yep. And I'm going with the Cleveland Browns. Now, to not be a homer, and also because my optimism ends when it comes to division winning, I've gone Ravens over Browns, with the Browns being my fifth seed. Steve? I think that would be my... I think Buffalo and uh, Tennessee uh, are sort of locks. Um, the AFC West... Oof. Christ. I think the Raiders will fall off. I don't think the Raiders have got enough to keep up this this momentum. I think the Raiders will fall off. Likely Denver too. I think they'll still finish with positive records, but I don't think they'll um, or at least one of them will finish with a positive record, but I don't think they'll make it because the FC is too strong this year. Um, what happens to Kansas City? I just don't know. Can you? Is it possible to predict Kansas City going with a negative record? Surely not. No, I don't think so. No, um, I don't think so. I, the problem with the Chargers is that they too many times recently they've just sort of scared you into thinking that perhaps they're not quite there yet. They started the season so well, and to begin with, I was really really high on the Chargers, but recently it's just not they're not quite as good as as I thought they were. Um, so I'm still reluctant to pick them as a winner. So I think I think with the experience that they have and with the players that they've got, I think the Chiefs find a way to win that division. So Ooh. I think I'd go. Tennessee, uh, Kansas City, Buffalo, and I, I think I've got to pick Baltimore. I think they've already put too much ground between yeah. them and the rest. There's and a I lot of equity con- there. Yeah, I think they go again. I agree with I agree with Josh. I think the, the Browns come in as the fifth seed for me, um, but I think the, the Baltimore Ravens have just put a bit too much between them already. And you know, if unless there's a big flip, I think the Ravens for me as, as the North winners. I don't get this equity comment. I don't. I don't. I just don't get it. Yeah, we 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 talked about Cincinnati with the AFC leaders two weeks ago, and now they're down to the ten seed. The you know the Ravens have won one more game than what one, two, three, four, five. The nine other teams have won. You know, we're not talking as though they're miles ahead. And Josh has been convinced that they've you know basically fluked every one of those six wins so far. Yeah, this but I can still appreciate game. I can still appreciate the wins for what they are. You know, when you put them on the cold heart light of a table. And the tie-breaking procedures and all the rest of it. And I see the Ravens and the Browns splitting. So that ain't going to help matters. I think you so, also, as obvious as it sounds, you have to also look at the loss column, not just the win column. The Ravens yeah. have only lost two games. like Whereas the other two that we think might run them close in the north have lost four games. Yeah. That's a lot. That's you a know, factor. That is a lot. Yeah. Fair comments. Fair comments. Right. So, Who are your wild cards? But, so here's the interesting thing then. So... I think we're all in agreement, Bills and Titans, and then we've got a split in terms of the other two divisions. Now, I, I, I have written down, I think, every team in the AFC and crossed them out and <laughs> changed them over and all the rest I, of it. I, I, I tell you what, I tell you what, we'll, we'll add the suspense here. Go through your one to seven in order. Oh, God. I didn't, right. No, I didn't, I didn't get the chance to rank them. Good Lord. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll tell um, you what, I'll give you some time you, by you, starting you, up you, with mine. Yes, but you start. That's very kind of you. You go all for right. it, my friend. Tennessee Titans, Buffalo Bills, Baltimore Ravens, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Cleveland Browns, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Indianapolis Colts. He's high on the Colts bandwagon. I am, because I think they're just going to keep knocking around there. Mind you, they've got an easy... I say easy. They've got a a good schedule. They've got a good schedule going through. 
and it's... they should win this week to get them back to 500. So, and their division is, you know, Tennessee aside, the other two are soft. Yeah, true. And they've already played Tennessee twice as well. They've already exactly. they've got those losses out of the way. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, the, the future's bright for them. Go for it, Steve. I, what you go? I think Tennessee top. I think Tennessee win the FC. Uh, sorry, number one seed. I think Buffalo, Baltimore, Kansas City. Um, I think fifth would be Cleveland. I think sixth, I'd have the Chargers and that last last team to get in I'm not I'm not confident on the Colts this season um, Are you confident on anyone that feels that seventh it, spot? It, it, do you know what? It would be very very typical for it to be the Patriots it really would I thought you were about to say the Pittsburgh in. Steelers because it would be very nah, typical for it to be the Pittsburgh Steelers it would, and I mean they are five and three. Yeah. But, mm... Well, do this but again I, in three I, I weeks, fellas. <laughs> I, yeah. I can, I can see, I can see what you mean about the Patriots as well, because they're in and around a nine they're and just... seven. A yeah. Nine and eight, eight could do it. Yeah. But so you just I'll, think I'll... what's going to happen in the rest of the West? That's the thing. Like, is it going to be the Raiders or the Broncos? Hmm. Yeah, so I'm obviously now going to throw the spanner in the works and give you mine, which are totally different to what you guys have said. So I've got the Titans as the one. Yeah. I've got the Browns as the two. Okay. The Bills, like as, the th- the Bills as the three. The Chargers as the four. The Patriots as the five. Oh! Oh, my goodness. It gets better, yeah, Josh. It gets better, yeah. The Broncos is the six. No, get off, get off this podcast. Not a chance. The Broncos is the six, and the Colts is the seven. There you go, fellas. Oh, Sean, why have you become Dave Moore? So that you, would mean this is just that chaos. Would mean that the, the Browns would be hosting the Colts. You say Browns two. Yep. Yeah, so Browns would be hosting the Colts. Who did you have as three? Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo, Buffalo would be Denver. hosting Denver. <laughs> And, and then, the charges it, against the Patriots. No one's going to tune into that day of playoff football. It's just. <laughs> but you know what, fellas? All joking aside, right? All joking aside. Apart from Tennessee, who, like I say, are clear. Oh, and I get happen. what I get what you yep. say about the Baltimore and Valley lost too. But like I say, I mean, yeah, I'm optimistic. I'm always optimistic. I think that the Baltimore have got the 32nd ranked pass defense. They've just lost their starting free safety. You know, at some point you stop winning these close games. And, I, you know, look, I've said, and Josh will back me up on this, I have said in our little Browns WhatsApp chat we've got with a number of other Browns fans, the Browns season is all based around week 12 and 14. Yeah. If the Browns can beat the Ravens twice, my prediction yeah. there doesn't look so silly. And no, it doesn't. Absolutely it doesn't. And that's not the bit that I'm chuckling at. The bit that I'm chuckling at, and it's not even the fact that you've said it, it's the fact that it could happen. That yeah, yeah. the Patriots, the Broncos, and the Colts all end up in as wild card. I can't even say so, it with a straight face. Hang on, hang on. One thing we've forgotten there. Does that mean you've got the Chiefs not making the playoffs? No, I haven't got the Actually, Chiefs. One minute. Does that mean you've not got the Ravens in? I haven't got the Ravens in, though. Wow. You, 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 you've just said I've that for the shot. I have, I have, I have, I have, 
That I'm is a sh- I've, I've turned into a shock jock. No, listen, look, I, I genuinely... Chaos! <laughs> I, I, I genuinely have concerns around the Bills because I think, you know, I've, I've said the Patriots there. I'm more confident in terms of what the Patriots will produce week in and week out compared to what the Bills will produce week in and week out. You know, they've got to play each other twice yet. God. So, um, I think you, you, you are right, though, that uh, Cleveland season could very much depend on those two games. And if they beat the Ravens twice, I agree, the Cleveland win will win the division. I just don't know if they beat the Ravens twice. That's the thing. I, I do feel like your Ravens prediction of not making the playoffs entirely is entirely predicated on Miles Garrett breaking Lamar Jackson's <laughs> ACL and MCL simultaneously whilst he also needs a bathroom break. Yeah, you look, know. I, I, would never, I would never wish an injury on Lamar Jackson, but at some point... I am convinced that he's going to take one of these hits that, that ends up causing him some issues. I really am at some point. Do you know what is wild, though, is that the the your prediction of the Chiefs not playing, the, not making the playoffs at this point in time is not crazy. No, and it's that's not. That's not a wild prediction. No. So how about we leave it here then for, gents? Um, what's your Super Bowl prediction? Oh, I come on. Good Lord. So the Browns are going to beat the Broncos. We? <laughs> yeah, we, we now have to go through our brackets here. This is what's going to make quick, it just even Just quick worse. fire at the moment. If you had to pick two teams to reach the Super Bowl, who would it be? Quick fire. I said at the start of the season, I was just going to get the full 10-yard season going, but I can tell you what it was. My prediction was the Browns to beat the Bucks. That was the start of the season. Do you still think they'll be the... I'm not asking for a result. I'm just asking for the two teams that you think will make it. I'm, I'm going to stick with it because it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And I think that, you know, I, I fully believe that Tom Brady will just get back to the Super Bowl because that's what Tom Brady does. As much as the Cardinals have been impressive and all the rest of it, I think once you get to January, February, Tom Brady comes into his own and I think he will find a way to get it done as he always does. And look, you know, look, it may well be optimism off the back of one good result this week. It's just gone and I'm sure we could be sitting here next week and I could be down in the dumps. But I do genuinely feel last week was a coming out game for the Browns in terms of the team overall for the defence. I think they've removed that sort of problematic locker room element that was obviously there they looked very much like they did at the back end of last year and look if they can um put a run together kareem hunt coming back jok coming back jack conklin coming back you know things are trending in the right direction it is how you finish not how you start so i will stick with it and yeah i'm, I'm still going to go cleveland and uh, tamper in the super bowl josh i i think i had the bills to win in the prediction i can't remember but i was very high on the bills at the start of the season and i reckon that they will turn it around again um i'm gonna say buffalo cardinals and buffalo to win it yeah see i'm on the cardinals i think they're just at the moment i just don't see where they lose again i think they're just they they roll that that momentum into the postseason um and i think they play the titans the Titans look so good at the moment and getting a healthy Derrick Henry back in the playoffs is just going to make a world of difference. So, yeah, I think the Titans got the Super Bowl as well. Yeah, Completely look, different to our at the start of the season. Yeah, <laughs> and look, I was just going to say, you know, let's wait and see how it pans out. You know, it, it's very easy to be influenced by what you've just seen and that's like so that's where my brown's optimism is coming from I'm, I'm obviously very very optimistic about what i've just seen um i'm sure if we have this exercise again in three or four weeks i might look back and think why on earth did i think they were ever going to get anywhere near the playoffs 
after but the hey, wasn't this won one. a four-game losing streak. But there you go. We said it was a, a fragile exercise when we started, but we've had fun with it, fellas. Tell us how wrong we were. Interact with us. And like I said, genuinely, I don't do these things for shock and all. I've only got 200 followers. I'm not exactly shocking anybody, fellas. But if you do want to get in touch with us, full 10 yards on Twitter, full10yards.com, Facebook, Insta, TikTok, all the rest of it, you can find us anywhere. It's been a blast, fellas, twice in a week. Um Really enjoyed it. Plenty to look forward to in week 10. The one thing that I will very quickly just say, just to wrap us up, the fact that this AFC in particular is so congested just means that we are going to get some real meaningful games over the coming weeks, and I'm all for that. Um, I think it's great that the schedule sort of lends itself to more divisional games down the stretch as well. Um, so, yeah, games mean more when there's something riding on it, doesn't it? There's nothing worse than a dead rubber, and hopefully with the way things are panning out, we're not going to get too many of those. So plenty for us to be excited with over the next seven or eight weeks of regular season action. We'll be back again next Tuesday, as we always are, to review what was week number 10. Until then, we'll catch you next time on the Full 10 Yards NFL podcast. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to find us on all our social channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok and YouTube. Head over to our website, full10yards.com, where you can find out more information about why we are hashtag for the game.